First things first, things are crazy uh, out there right now, and obviously for good reason, guys. I'm sure everyone is well aware of the tragic events that have led up to the current protests. And although we're a lifestyle, sports, comedy, podcast, whatever you want to call us, Philly and I felt that we needed to touch on it. Racism has no place in our society, period. Obviously, we can't begin to understand what the black community is going through, but we wholeheartedly support the movement and stand with them. Philly and I will continue to listen and learn in order to be a part of the necessary change moving forward. Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 35. I don't 35. have anything special for 35. No, nothing special for 35. Kevin Durant. I, yeah, well, Kevin Durant. But I'm also just excited to, to like, I thought our last one was probably one of our better podcasts. Yeah. And if you, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I highly recommend you do. Like, we had a blast recording it. We've gotten some good feedback from those who did listen to it. So, yeah, to check it out. Check it out. 35. <laughs> That's one more country than than the amount of countries we've been listened to, but maybe by now we've been into 35 countries. Yeah, well, knows? I, I, go back and, I know, I got to go back and double check that actually. Yeah, but speaking of going back, uh, we've been doing this, uh, we started last episode, this episode recap. So last episode, we talked about Sugar Mamas. And uh, McGee, you said that one of your buddies reached out to you and told you that there was a lady who had reached out to him. Yep, 73 and grand a year. Woo! So this guy is making absolute bank off of some lady that he's just messages every day to uh, basically just have casual conversation and call her mommy. Must right? Nice. Like, that's, those are the <laughs> yeah, details. Yeah, those are the so, details. So the episode releases. Uh, it comes out on every Monday. And one of our friends of the show, a longtime listener since day one, uh, Ty Kalba. He, he was, he was messaging me as he was listening to the episode and he said, thank God you guys talked about this. I've been looking for some advice. I had somebody reach out to me and I didn't know what to do. My girl didn't approve, but now that you guys talked about it, I'm going to pursue now. So he sends me screenshots of this, this lady, and I'll read some of the conversation because it's rather hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, please do. So this lady messages him on Facebook nonetheless. So we were thinking, oh, actually, no, sorry, on Instagram. So it, he, he's, got, he's got a good, good Instagram going, I'm guess, I guess. And she came across it and was like, you know what? I want this uh, to be my little sugar baby. So let me get into it here. <laughs> so first message, she, she starts off by saying, hello, my baby. I'd like to know if you will be my sugar baby. For a start, I promise I will pay you $500 twice a week. So this guy's making a thousand bucks a week as well here for weekly allowance. If that's going to be enough, please dot, dot, dot. My oh. phone number is and sends it. So Ty being the, being the adventure he is a little curious, George, he replies, <laughs> what do I need to do? She just says, text me. He goes, I guess it's a foreign number or not. Well, she's from the States. So he says, I tried. It doesn't send. Where are you from? Canada, you, blah, blah, blah. She sends some pictures of herself. And then she says, tell me everything I need to know. <laughs> he says, what do you know, need to know? And she says, everything needed to know about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, what does that even mean? Yeah, that's so, so she's broad. Leaving it up in the air here. Um, then basically he asks her, have you done this before? She says, not really. It's my first. 
And he says, nice. How and what would you be paying me for? And she says, this is the best part to me. Loyalty, sincerity, straightforwardness, and relieve my stress. So, so he, he has I'm a, speechless. Yeah. So I was like, this is hilarious. Like just not only did somebody reach out, they're going to pay you like you're whatever gonna, you want. No, bang. let's go back. It's, it's whatever you want. Yeah. She, she said, says, if this is enough, is this please, enough for you? If this is enough, please if, <laughs> let me know. If I, enough. Let me know if you need more money because I'll, I'm fully down to pay. Yeah, I will pay you more because I want you to be my sugar baby and I need to know if this is enough. So Ty has a girlfriend and she says no. So opposite situation of what's going on. I think like at this point she has to agree to it. A thousand bucks a week just to text like, this you, lady. You gotta, you gotta know that like, at least a, at least some of that money will be like attributed to to her, right? Like you gotta hope. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta hope. Like I, I don't see the shame in it. Like obviously they're not gonna link up like, if she's in the states. No, she just wants loyalty. That's all she wants. That's all she's looking for. A companion. Loyalty, <laughs> sincerity, and uh, relieve my stress. Oh, I think dogs do that as well. Like, she should get a puppy because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. No, like, don't tell her that. Like, Ty can make a thousand bucks a week or she can get a puppy. Basically. Yeah. But for like, a one time payment, of- I'm thinking he's got to say yes. Like, obviously, well. I think, hey, obviously, okay, his girlfriend, his girlfriend was the uh, final deciding factor. She, she, the final, she was the deciding factor. Clearly. Maybe we can get them on, um, I don't know, at some point, Philly. Like, you got to yeah. get in touch with them and have them both on, and we'll get that debate going. I'm like, why did you say no? Because a thousand bucks a week in your boyfriend's pocket, yeah. you, you got to, like we said, you got to hope that some of that's going to her. And I don't see any problem with it. I, you know what? I'm on board. Like, I am supporting it. I think you should do it. I think he's got to message this lady back and said, I'm sorry. I am actually down. Send me the money and yeah. let's go. And plus, plus, like, he's in the, uh, like, the, like, the power is with him right now. The ball's in his court. Yeah, like, she's waiting. She, she seems desperate, like, to, to have this situation work out, right? This yeah. little arrangement. So he could literally just set the ground rules. Like, listen, like, here's, like, let's draw the line here. You want my loyalty? Like, I think his girlfriend could even set up the boundaries there. And then, like, uh, be, like just be loyal, man. So she like she said nothing about call me mommy. Yeah, nothing about that. It wasn't even. It was just companion. She just wants a friend. Yeah, loyalty, sincerity, straightforwardness, and relieve my stress. <laughs> That's all. See that is. last one. That last one is a little like vague. I'd be nervous. <laughs> I'd, I'd be nervous with the last one. Who knows it's what a that entails? Suspicious. It's a <laughs> but maybe suspicious. we can. Well, I want to see if that the conversations continued after that, and what <laughs> yeah. what what does that mean? Like, how that far would... does that go? Yeah interesting she said gotta unpack that last uh, statement (laughs) we gotta unpack that yeah but yeah we'll we'll leave that for when they're on the podcast because i think that would be hilarious all (laughs) ty and his girlfriend going head to head arguing over (laughs) whether or not they pursue the sugar mama maybe what Uh, we need to do is have them on and have on your buddy who actually is having the sugar mama with his girlfriend and then he can be the the, the, two couples can go back and forth Yeah. yeah Little one girlfriend partay. can explain to the other one why it's a good idea. The other one says why it's a bad idea. And we'll just be the mediators and your rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just we'll going back get that going for sure. I think yeah, it'd be fair so enough. good jokes, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's huge. Man, so we were talking, so Philly and I were talking about before, before the, I guess we started recording. And we were thinking about doing a, a feature called Storytime with the Lads. 
we know our listeners have some stories and we want you to come on the podcast and share them with us. So it's obviously like what you're comfortable sharing because everyone's like, you got to take care of number one, but we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from the listeners about like what kind of hijinks you guys get up to. Um, and then if we deem it pod worthy, come on and share it with us, share it with the world. So I got, I got a story from that I'd like to share from last, uh, I guess last school year. So we had this little like get together for all the business students at Laurier and we like all the business students went to this like pub and we just like had a good time, had a couple drinks, had a good time. And I ended up going back home with a group of friends. Uh, and I guess like maybe this person had like reached that point where I guess they drank too much too quickly. And then it kind of caught up with them afterwards because they seemed fine on the walk home. But then the moment we stepped foot in my apartment, they just like, hit another level right so this person passes out and goes oh i need to go to the bathroom I'm like okay like go for it and then they they just didn't come out so i'm like what's going on i give a little knock on the door and this person's on the floor passed out i'm like oh boy what am i gonna do so yeah. i i wake this person up i'm like you know what just you're clearly not gonna be able to get home so just like crash in my bed just trying to be a good guy i'm like crash in my bed i'll take the couch whatever so the night comes and goes I wake up in the morning and, and this guy is like up. We like, hey, glad you're uh, doing all right. And the person leaves. I go into my bedroom and there's yak in the bed. No. There's, yeah, this person yaks in my bed and doesn't say, doesn't tell me. Nice. I'm like, are you kidding me? Nice. So I, um, I go to class because I have stuff to do. And then I get a DM and it's like, essentially, sorry for yakking your bed. I didn't have the heart to tell you this morning. Uh, like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you know what? I, it's all good. I've taken care of it. Whatever. I get home from class that day, yeah. and I, there's a little gift bag waiting for me to Ryan. And I'm like, oh my God, what, is, what could this be? I was honestly super confused. So I look inside. It's a brand new set of sheets, a $20 Tim's gift card, Come and on. a cake, and a cake, a custom-made cake saying, <laughs> sorry up. for blocking out in your apartment. <laughs> That's just the icing on the cake. It was the icing on the cake. <laughs> Sorry for blocking out in your apartment. And that was like the nicest gesture anyone's ever done for me, I think. That's like, incredible. All things considered. All things yeah. considered. Other than the like, fact that if you give that in. Yeah, yeah. It's like right out, it's a, it's right out the window. Like, you don't even care. It is. Like it's just above and beyond. So yeah. that's, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Man. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. That is pretty incredible. The fact, the fact too, like that they even reached out and were like, Hey man, like I puked in your bed. I didn't have the heart to tell you like this morning is at least like, yeah, that's going to at least be like, okay, like at least they did end up saying something like you didn't have to go and chase this person down. No, like, no, no. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of like, okay, that's, it's like fair enough. Like, but knowing me, I probably wouldn't have said anything. I, like I, they, I probably just would have like felt for their embarrassment. I'm like, like yeah. they, they're already suffering enough on the insides. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But wow. That is incredible. But yeah. $20 Tim's gift card, custom-made cake. I'm going to post the cake on the IG maybe because, like, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful cake. That's some incredible. Yeah, you took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of it, of course. That's in insane. The fact that they were able to get it done up that quickly too. It like, was, I don't know dude, how long it, custom cakes take. Yeah, I guess it was, it was like a blank cake. It was within, like, three hours that all this was wow. done. Wow. That's Talk about just driving about town, Yeah, <laughs> buying new sheets, heading up the cake store. And and then going over to Timmy's and, and what a day, what a journey. what a day, what a person, what a person, what a lot, what a person. So I, I like that could honestly be um, 
a lot of the week or a lot out of the week as well. That's yeah, that could be. It could be. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's gonna be this one, but it's incredible that they did that. I know. But, um I think that's enough of our stories for right now. We've told the people big things are coming. We've delivered two weeks in a row so far. James Duffy, Keishan Mystery. Now we're bringing out our third third week of big things. And the fact is, too, like this isn't even just another week of big things. This is this is a double doink. Like this that's is a double double doink. It's a double Dion. It's a double Dion. I don't know. Maybe we'll call it the double Dion. It's a double Episode Dion. thirty-five. The double Dion. It's a double because Dion. we're getting as Ricky from Trailer Park Boys would say, we're getting two birds stoned at once right now. Yeah, like exactly. We, we're bringing in two incredible <laughs> hockey guests right to your ears. The damage they did in the OHL, both of them, incredible OHL players, just had incredible careers in the OHL. They're transitioning it to the pro hockey level right now. And I think it's time we bring in our first guest so we can hear a little bit about him, a little bit about his journey, a little bit of you, a little bit of me, a little bit of our first guest of the double double DR, Michael McNiven. The lads are now joined by a man who is a stud in the OHL, racking up significant junior honors such as the CHL and OHL Goaltender of the Year, an OHL First Team All-Star, OHL's most shutouts, OHL's best goals against average, played on the OHL All-Star team and in the Junior Super Series. He was an undrafted signee of the Montreal Canadiens in 2015. Please welcome to the pod, Laval Rockets goaltender, Michael McNevin. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Michael, you, uh, you had an unbelievable junior career. 2016-2017 uh, really stands out to us. Uh, that was like kind of your, your breakout year, I guess you could say. And that, that came sort of after you had signed with the uh, Canadians. But that was the year that you put up the most shutouts, the lowest GAA. You were the OHL and CHL goaltender of the year. Uh, what kind of preparation did you do going into that year to allow you to excel the way that you did? Uh, well, I believe it, you know, it was a bit of everything for sure. I definitely tried to step up my game as much as possible in the off season. And, um, you know, I know me and my goalie coach, Greg Redquist and Owen Sound, we still worked throughout the summer a couple times a week. So we kept that up. And uh, I was in a gym in Guelph, I believe, at that time with uh, the strength and conditioning coach of the Guelph storm and he was a great trainer uh, we had some great times there a lot of good players all went there and, um you know just like i said the uh, same stuff my me and my goalie coach worked on uh 12 uh, months a year and i think it was that was probably a really good thing and i still get to see him here and there and when i do i always go on the ice with him because i know uh, he, he really likes that and uh you know the kids enjoy it and jordan bennington is also there too so um, you know, I get to spend some time with him in the summer. Not not so much uh, on the ice. He likes to be a player when I come on the ice because he likes to shoot on me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we have fun with that. And, um, you know, other than that, that's basically what my, my summer was at that time. Does uh, does Bennington score on you a lot? Or, do, like, what, what goes on when that happens? Uh, uh, I think we have fun with it. I mean, I don't I don't think he scores that much. He, uh, I think he's he's pretty good, though, for a goalie. For sure. But, uh, yeah, he loves being a player. So, he has fun with it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he scores that much on me, no. <laughs> Fair enough. 
So, Michael, we're going to take it back kind of at the beginning um, of your OHL career coming to Owen Sound. We hear a lot about guys uh, and like rookie initiation for guys in major junior. Did you kind of get, uh, like, what kind of things did you have to do in your rookie year, or were the guys kind of all welcoming when you first arrived? Uh, yeah, I think my very first year, my 16 year, where I ended up getting uh, cut from Owen Sound, actually, and I ended up playing for my hometown team, Georgetown Raiders, in the OJHL. Um, you know, I think it was great. That I think it was a really good experience. I was up with Owen Sound for the first two months of that season, and uh, I think those veterans were a, a bit more harsh. They, uh, you know, they, they didn't do anything wrong, but I, I think fines uh, and whatever and stuff, uh, screwing around with the skate laces and yeah. all, that, all that, that rookie initiation stuff, I think it was obviously a lot more uh, worse at that level, I believe. And, but, you know, it's all fun and games, so it's, it's only for one year. Everyone has to go through it. It's, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, just get the guys to kind of open up to you and, and, you know, start to appreciate you more as a rookie and when you, uh, you know, you have fun with it. Yeah, so so I played junior for a bit in, uh, in Aurora Alley, like kind of just floated around the OJ and, and spent some time up north as well. And I know some guys definitely get hit harder than others in the fine department. Did you kind of, did you get off easier than some of your teammates? Uh, I think that's like I said. I, I mean, uh, playing in the OHL that first year, I think that last year veterans that I had, I, I think they, they were they were they were a little bit old school too, right? Because that was you know almost ten years ago now, and you know it's eight years ago. And back then, you know, it was just fresh that uh, you couldn't bully and all that stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know the league was pounding down on that a lot more just around the time I came in the league. So I think, I think the guys that I had as my veterans there were the last of the crop that, uh, you know, was, was doing anything harsh, but you know, they, they didn't do anything bad to the fines. Yeah, obviously, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it's, it's for nothing literally sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's just one year, same thing goes on in pro and then yeah. all the way up. So every time you're a rookie, it's just for one year and it is what it is and you have fun with it. Okay, so going into your 2015 season with uh, Owen Sound, you signed as an undrafted free agent with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, would you be able to talk a little bit about the process of like getting in contact with the Canadians, going back and forth with them, and then eventually leading to the point where you did sign with them? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a hard time for me. Uh, that draft was in Florida, and actually my agent had a few cl other clients at that time in that draft and he you know only told me to come to the draft because he knew for sure i was going to get drafted he thought anyways and my whole family flew down i was sitting beside all my buddies in the stands and everything da, da, da. and um yeah i went undrafted but you know i think i persevered through it i think after the draft there was a few teams i called so um you know, I, I think Montreal had told my agent that uh, they were looking to sign someone, you know, that year. And no matter, you know, who it was, they were inviting a certain amount of guys to camp. And and I guess the best one, you know, basically they signed to a contract. So I think, uh, you know, I went to development camp. They told me to lose 10 pounds and come back to main wow. camp and we'll see where you're at. And I lost my 10 pounds, went back to main camp. And, uh, you know, obviously I did good in the rookie tournament, the one game I played there. 
I was partners with Zach, uh, Zachary Fucali, and it was a great experience. It was fun, and then I signed short, shortly after that, probably a week after. So, Mike, I, I know you were born in Winnipeg, but uh, you're originally from Georgetown, correct? Yep. So, were you a Leafs fan growing up, or how did it feel to be signed by by one of the biggest rivals of, I guess, the closest to your hometown team? Uh, well, I definitely was not my family's favorite uh, <laughs> team. My grandfather was a Bruins fan. My wow. dad was obviously a Leafs fan. Um. And, you know, my family wasn't typically Montreal Canadiens fans, but I, I think I do have some family. They have, well, they definitely are fans now, but, uh, you know, it was weird. But I liked the team. You know, at the time, I was still young. Carey Price uh, was a great goalie. So, uh, you know, I was a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, and they, and they were, you know, really, really good at, at that time. And, uh, you know, I think, I think you know, things are going to start happening soon here too, which is going to be good. And, uh It'll be fun to see uh, if we do get our playoffs back and we get to play that out. For sure. So this year, uh, you were, I guess you can consider yourself uh, quite the journeyman. You played for four different teams in two different leagues. Yeah. You played for three teams in the East Coast League, and then you uh, you also played with the Laval Rockets in the AHL. Uh, what was the experience like going back and forth between the two different leagues? And then on top of that, what what kind of was the process of going between those three different teams in the East Coast League? Uh, you know what? I think, uh, you know, even though it looks tough, but, you know, I still made sure I was I had a positive attitude and I, I just ran with, with it and had fun. I mean, um, I got three different teams in the East Coast League and, and Adirondack started there. Uh, great group of guys, good facility, uh, very professional, and I really enjoyed it. And then I moved to uh, Jacksonville, which was uh, was really really nice. Uh, being in warm weather in the <laughs> yeah. winter was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't have uh, to pack too big of a bag because I only needed my summer stuff. And um, you know, good coach there, good team, uh, fun group of guys as well. You know, even though we weren't winning uh, too many games, it was still you know, it's still a good experience, and I, you know, it's the the East Coast League is a hard league, and and I finished it in probably the hardest place this season that you could have in the East Coast League in Norfolk, and uh, you know, I great group of guys and and great professionalism, work ethic, and uh, you know, I think the players there cared and and gave it their all, or just you know, we couldn't make things work there. So you uh, you train with Bennington in the summer. You guys share the same goalie coach and Greg uh, Redquist. Uh, Bennington kind of took his own unique path to the NHL, uh, ultimately getting to win the Stanley Cup. But he experienced a lot of ups and downs up to this point. Um, working with him and getting to train with him, is there any advice that he was able to give you or a mentorship that he's offered that's helped you along to this point? Uh, I think... I think more or less, uh, you know, we, we've both kind of went the same way so far. And and, it, and for both of us, it was, you know, it's definitely a hard process. But I said earlier in the year, uh, eventually when I got to Laval, I, I tweeted the trust the process. And I think, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I think that's the best thing you can do is just go with the flow. Always do your best and, and always try and win games. And, um you know, he was still doing that, even though he, he wasn't getting much help, uh, you know, whether it was in the A or he would spend one year in a different AHL team because his team didn't have room for him in the A. And, 
you know, there's definitely a lot of things that uh, it's, it's people could struggle with, but I think that, you know, obviously Jordan has, you know, got, gone against that and proved everyone uh, uh, wrong or whatever. And, you know, that's good for him. And uh, I'm just trying to work as hard. So I, you know, might get my opportunity one day. Kind of, kind of getting on the lighter side of things now, there's a stereotype I'm sure you've heard growing up, uh, as I know Zach and I have, that, that goalies are yeah. a little bit strange, a little bit weak, like, according to players, right? So if we were to ask your teammates, what do you think they'd say about you? Are there any, are there any weird superstitions or pregame rituals that, that, you, uh, that you have to, before you play? Um, honestly, not really. I think uh, a lot of people say I'm, you know, almost as normal as a goalie gets. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, th- I think it's just like I'm a little more outgoing and usually goalies are just, you know, in their own bubble and they're doing their own thing. But I think, you know, being around the team and, and uh, you know, getting a positive uh, vibe from myself for them so to, you know, to make them maybe play a bit better, you never know. And, and like I said, I'm not uh, – I don't think I'm a weird goalie. I think I'm as close to normal as it gets. So, uh, yeah, that's just basically it. <laughs> so, uh, that being said, like you being a normal guy, essentially, a lot of people kind of say that goalies decide to be goalies because they're a little bit crazy or like they got a screw loose and stuff, but that doesn't seem to be the case with you. So when and why did you decide you wanted to be a goalie? Uh, well, my, my father was actually a goalie. He, you know, he played in the OJ for the Georgetown Gemini's at that time when he was 16 or 17. And he, uh, you know, that's all he ever played. But I guess when I was a little kid, he bought me a road hockey set of goalie equipment and kind of just screwed around with it when I was like just starting to skate and stuff. And then once I, you know, turned seven, I think that summer turning uh, eight, I changed the goalie on a summer team and and then the winter came and I just ended up go, uh, going right through with it and I guess just never really looked back. That's awesome. So Mike, just to wrap up here, we, we saw on your Instagram that uh, your girlfriend's actually expecting. So my question to you is, how do you feel? Are you ready to be a father? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was planned on our part. So uh, we're both very excited. It's definitely going to be an eye-opener, but I think it's something to look forward to and something uh, very, very positive in, in everyone's life, and which is family. And, you know, uh, it definitely made uh, me look at life in a different perspective, you know, in the first five months of this pregnancy. Well, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's great news. We, uh, we want to congratulate you on that. We also wanted to thank, thank you for, uh, for taking the time to come on. And uh, we wish you success in the rest of your career. We hope that if the season comes back, you'll get a chance to compete for the playoffs and hopefully win a championship this year. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for Thanks, taking Mike. the time to come on, Michael. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So that's it an incredible first interview of the double D on it's a double uh, D Michael McNiven, a little bit of journeyman in the, uh, AHL ECHL this year, four different teams, three in the coast, one on the age, one in the AHL. Sorry. Like in, just a, awesome journey. This guy's been on regardless of what level he wants to be playing at and whether he's there or not right now, the fact that he's experiencing all of this and going through all these ups and downs is so cool to get to listen to and talk to him about and 
one thing that he did say is that he he's really hoping that the season gets to come back so that he like him and his teammates have a chance to compete for a championship this year and to get to play in the playoffs. And uh, I don't think that at the time we had talked to him, it had been determined yet that the NHL season was going to return. But now that it's official, the playoffs will be coming back. We're pretty excited for, for uh, Michael McNemon because he's going to get his shot to play in the playoffs this year. He's going to get to go out there and compete. But do you, do you think that the NHL format should be the way that it is? Like they're talking about 24 teams, best three of five, couple weeks of training camp. Are you like, what's your thought on that? Do you like it or? I think it is the way it is. Like I, I, I don't really, I don't know, man. I think that uh, it's just weird. It's scary because it's new. I feel like an old man that's not like prepared for change. <laughs> like, like, I like things the way they were. Baseball fan. Yeah, I like, I like things the way they were. Obviously, these are extenuating circumstances. But um, I think kind of they're handling it the best they can, given everything going on. And, and uh, like we talked about it before, the return part two, our first episode back after the two-year hiatus, we talked about whether or not, like, I don't know how we feel about playoffs returning in general. Yeah. And I, I, I said that I, I probably wouldn't watch because it just felt like it wasn't... Obviously, there's going to be the little asterisk beside the uh, championship the at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, whoever the champion is. But I think it just completely changes the dynamic of everything going on. I think kind of it'll throw the players off, like being obviously they're probably still training and, and doing the best they can to stay in shape. Maybe some of them aren't. I think it'll change everything. So yeah. I saw the kind of like the bat, like the the money lines come out for uh, some of the teams. Oh yeah. And like I think this may be a good year to throw some cash down on on some of the underdogs because like any it's anyone's game. See like. Here's the, what, here's what the I was prior season. The prior season doesn't affect like anything. It's yeah, it doesn't matter at all. So like that's the way I related it to and what I wanted to see because I didn't think that they should come back either. Like I think they should have just gassed the season and been like, yeah, that's it. Like pack your bags, call it quits. We're done for this year. Like no winner. It's not like they haven't had a winner or a Stanley Cup champion in years prior or an NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Like there's been lockout years, so they don't play. And it sucks, but it's not like it was a lockout. Like it's a it's a pandemic. Like there's a reason as to why they can't play, but kind of what you're touching on there with like the betting and how the season doesn't matter is I was hoping they were going to bring it back like a March madness style format. Like it would would be be insane, but you go like one and done like one game. And then, you fly to a different, you fly to like a different place, or I guess they're going to have to do them in two different cities or whatever. So like every night or during the day, there's games and it's like one game is played. And then if you lose, you're out, done. Quick, Zamboni hits the ice for a quick flood. Out comes the next series. Like that would be nuts, man. That would be so cool. And I think then you just like sprinkle a little cash on a couple different teams and see how it goes. You know what I mean? And then you're betting that like every dynamic. One and done. It would be in the so NHL. exciting. It would be so exciting. I, that would probably be like the fastest hockey anyone's ever witnessed in their lives. Seriously, every game would be so intense. Like the playoff hockey on its own is insane. The, the level of intensity, how fast and hard hitting and like just more meaningful every single play is. But like imagine that you lose the game and you're done. You lose it and you're done. It's I think, they literally should, I think they, should, they should listen to us, man. I think that would be so sick. I think that would be really be cool. Sick. 
But the NHL isn't the only sport that's coming back. The NBA has now announced their official return. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere or saw someone, I think I have a buddy, Jacob Gardner, sent, sent me a link basically saying that the NBA is planning on using 2K20 noises for, for their fans. Yeah. Okay. I saw some <laughs> too. They were talking about in the NHL, like whether they'd pump crowd noise through the broadcast too. Why? I think that's so dumb. Like, I think it's so dumb. I don't. I'm, not, I'm watching sports, not a sitcom. Like, yeah, there's no. It's gonna be like the fake laugh track in the background. We, yeah, we all know it's not real. Like the thing with when they do it in a sitcom is like, it's to ca- influence you to laugh too. It's not gonna influence me to like cheer at home. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, the fans in the stadium are cheering. I'm gonna stand up and cheer now. Yeah, yeah. So what weird. are they doing? Don't do that. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like. You'd be it better at NHL and NBA. Well, NBA right now because I don't know if the NHL is like <laughs> talked, but like, yeah, like. You're gonna. You see the empty stands. There's no yeah. one there. Who's? Where's that noise coming from? Yeah. Some guy with an iPhone just sitting in front of the like in the I organ saw. room up upstairs. <laughs> yeah. With his iPhone speakers just right in front of the uh the mic. So weird. I saw on TSN though, like some of the uh, analysts were talking about how some of these guys have experience playing in stadiums with like no noise and stuff like that. And when you watch through the broadcast, they don't pump fake noise through the broadcast. Like mm-hmm. if you're watching a world junior hockey game and there's nobody in the stands, they don't pretend like there's noise going on. Like you've just watched the game as is. Right. Yeah. Like I, and I, think, I was going to say one other thing I think was cool about that is like, because of all the fans in the stands, you can't hear uh, like obviously for hockey fans you know this but if you're not like it's a loud game the players are loud they're yeah. screaming for the puck they're screaming at each other like I think having zero sound just hearing that puck being slapped around the ice and then hearing that what the guys are saying like it would be, be so, so easy cool. to hear them with, with no, yeah it would be really cool I think that's yeah. a whole dynamic that like they're not really considering right now is the fact yeah. that it's a more 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 intimate game but uh, it's kind of like uh, I watched this highlight of Carmelo Anthony and like how he like, grabs rebounds and like you yeah. can hear him like you can hear him over the crowd. He's like, "Oh, fuck out of here! Fuck out of here!" Yeah, you like, like even to his own teammates, just like yeah. he grabs the ball. Like, I got it! I got it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that'd be so cool to hear how hear the athletes out there. Like, yeah, just, hear everything they're saying. Yeah. I think that'd be so cool. Well, uh, we we teased the double D on, the double doing, the double D on. We talked about how we have another incredible guest coming on, and I'm sure that this guest would love to be able to get a chance to play in the playoffs this year, regardless of if it's March Madness format or if they're going to go three of fives or a five, like even if they move it to four of sevens, like whatever they do, this guy is going to be chomping at the bit. Yeah. Well, I know he's a basketball a fan too. So yeah. I, I feel like you, maybe you wouldn't be opposed to a, to a March Madness for, uh, he might, format. he might love that there actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's time now that we get into our second guest of the Double Dion. It's a Double Dion! Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time this evening, it's a Double Dion! Our second guest of the episode, Morgan Frost. Joining us now is the 2017-2018 OHL plus minus leader, plus 70. First team all-star in both the 2018 and 2019 seasons. 27th overall pick of the Philadelphia Flyers. Member of Canada's world junior team in 2019. AHL All-Star, and Bill Crothers alumni, Morgan Frost. Thanks for joining us, lad. Yeah, I'm excited to be on, boys. Thanks for having me. So you were drafted in the fourth round of the Sioux. Um, obviously, it's a great, uh, great hockey town and like a historic franchise. But when you found out you were going that far north, were you a little bit scared at all? Like, what, what was going through your mind when you found out you had to drive up? Uh, what was it, the eight hours? Uh, 
to yeah. Pursue. I think definitely like I feel like it's weird if you don't think that's far from like where I live. So uh I mean yeah, it was kinda like I saw that and I was excited, you know, so much about the franchise and um yeah, and it was it was exciting, but at the same time when you first go there you're kinda like, geez, like that's the furthest team you know you could go to. So it's kinda like a weird feeling, but it was exciting and it was definitely a little different making a trip out there that far for the first uh first camp. Uh being out in the Sioux there, we we know some other guys who've played in different OHL cities like uh Sadbury or Anger. He played in Sarnia and a lot of the guys they would go to uh like the Chino to pass some time or like go to the movie theaters and whatnot. Was there like anything that in particular that you guys did to pass the time in Sioux or like for fun? I mean, I, like, I don't mean to harp on it. There's not, a, there's not too much to do there. So it was more, it was more just the boys hanging out. We would get three or four guys together. And I think everyone, like in my time there, we always had really good teams. So it was, you know, all the team parties were fun and, and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, obviously there's stuff on the side, like they have a casino there and yeah. uh, some stuff like that. But I think for the most part, like the main thing, it wasn't even like going to the bar or anything like that when I was older. It's more just like spending time with the boys. Like we'd go after a game and just hang out at someone's someone's billet's house. And that was kind of like the best thing. That's what I mean. I, I can kind of relate. I played in Elliott Lake for a year, which is just like, I don't know, two and a half hours outside of the Sioux. I think we had four stoplights in town, not even a movie theater. So yeah, definitely a lot of time spent with the boys. Like, um, Definitely, I think those relationships with the bus rides in the small towns kind of get enhanced when, when I mean, that's kind of like your main source of entertainment. Can you talk about some of the closest relationships you've built? Yeah, I mean, I made a lot of good friends there. I think it's always different, right? Depending on how old guys are. Like, you come in the league, there's some older guys. Like, I still have some good friendships from those years, but it's a little different because the guys are a little older, you know? So I think um, you kind of build the best relationships when you're kind of an older guy and like we kind of said, like you can hang out more and you guys can, you know, go to the bar or whatever it is. So I think like last year I was really good friends with Keegan Haudershell and Zach Trot, two guys on my team. And, um, you know, we had a great group of older guys with Hollowell and, and Sammy that you guys know. And, uh, and those guys, I played with some guys for a bunch of the years. Barrett Hayton was a guy. And um, even from before, like Kachuk, Radish, Spearsy, those were all my good buddies. So. What was it like getting uh, getting the opportunity to play for Team Canada and getting to play with guys that you played with on your OHL team there? It was different. Like we did the uh, the Canada Russia series there, so we had kind of gotten a little familiar with each other. But um, it's pretty much guys that you're just playing against, and you kind of just get thrown on a team. And I think um, for the most part, like everyone that I knew on the team, we were all good friends, and we kind of joked around when we were on the ice. We played each other. There was no like there was no beef for any like weird relationships like that so it was pretty easy and I think um we had a great group of guys I had a lot of fun in that tournament and um built some good relationships with the guys in the league so you get to do the Canada Russia series and you play with mostly the OHL guys first you learn more about them but then once you actually go to the world junior tournament or you go to the camps and stuff you start getting a crossover from guys from the different leagues the WHL uh there's guys that come from NCAA the QMJHL and stuff was there any notable differences in like the hockey style or even just the way guys interacted with each other from those different leagues and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like from a style standpoint, like if you were to ask guys that like 10 years ago, they might be like, oh, guys in the Western League are more physical and stuff like that. But I think everyone's like on the same kind of page now. Everyone knows the game's getting faster and, and more skilled and 
you know, all things like that. So I think everyone was, I never really noticed anything like that. There's so many good players, but um, I mean, other than that, it, it's just a little different. Like guys live different lifestyles, right? Some guys are way out west and some guys are um, at NCAA, they're at school, which is way different than playing in junior. So um, I don't know, probably a, a couple of days, like an adjustment period, but everyone was pretty cool. That's sweet, man. Other than the fact that uh, you're able to get some pretty unbelievable Insta bangers there while playing in that tournament, any, <laughs> any, any, uh, what, what would you say your favorite moment was or highlight for you during that tournament? Uh, man, I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be weird if I didn't say it was the first game that I played there where I scored a couple goals. I know we were. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, how to feel? I know, it, I know it turned into a blowout there a bit, so it was a little, you know, less important. But. That was just cool. It was the first game of the tournament. I had family there. And, you know, I think everyone knows, like, the first game, the Boxing Day game, like, everyone watches. So, yeah, yeah. to have a performance like that, that was one of the better games to do it if it wasn't going to be, like, a gold medal or Canada, USA or anything like that. So. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I was at, uh, every year we go to my grandparents' house and watch that Boxing Day game together. And, like, that was one of the years we were sitting there watching, and it was like, Wait, I know that guy. And then you just scored again and again and again. And it was like, yeah, I know him. Like, he keeps scoring. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, like, pretty cool for people that know you to be able to watch you to do that and stuff. But was there any, like, obviously you were going, it was going crazy on social media with how many points you were getting and all the nicknames people were throwing out there for you and stuff. Um, were you able to check your phone at all and stuff after the game? And, like, what was the response like from people outside like when you got back and got to see it all yeah like i mean with hockey canada they're pretty like stingy with the phones stuff which i think isn't a bad idea in a short right. tournament like that. but um i mean we got a little bit of time with our phones and it, it was kind of no social media that was the thing but okay I mean, you're still gonna get some notice like you're still gonna hear stuff regardless whether you're yeah phone. so i mean like i tried not to look at it too much because you know like you're playing almost every other day and it's just like, yeah no point in going on and seeing stuff like that but um yeah, like I saw a little bit of it. It was pretty cool. And then definitely after the tournament, I was scrolling for a while, like going through, um, you know, what people were saying and stuff like that. It was it was pretty crazy, like all the support. Canadians go crazy for that tournament. So, um, so I guess kind of continuing on the social media trend, you were uh, ended up drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers 27th overall. And, and I know someone somewhere did some digging know, real deep in your, in your social media feed and found the 2013, ah, the Flyers are shit tweet. Yeah. Like, for, first of all, man, what you're 13 years old at the time. Like, come on, come yeah. on. I mean, yeah, it was definitely in the past. Um, I know, like when I was a kid, that was kind of when I first got social media, <laughs> and I just I love sports, so I would just watch every sport. And of course, I thought it was the coolest thing to do to just like commentate on every little thing that I watched. And uh, yeah, that was definitely not a good one. But the funny thing I did was. Like a year before, even before my draft year, I went and deleted all those tweets. Like I on on my account, like I did this thing where you could like deactivate all tweets before. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Like going into the draft, because everyone talks about that, right? Like make yeah. sure you do nothing. And so I, I thought I was good, and everything happened. You're not on your phone for a while. You get picked. Go behind the scenes, and then uh, you know after all that, I don't know how long it took, but I started walking out uh, with my family, and my agent calls me, and he's like yo, Frosty, uh, you got this tweet blowing up. Like, don't take it too serious. It's kind of funny, but like bar stools all over it and stuff. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, <God. God. laughs> like, what's, like, what's going on? And then I checked it and it was just like, it kind of ruined the night for a little bit. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, 
you know, people hopefully are going to forget this in a while. And, um, you know, it was from when I was a kid, so it, it didn't really mean anything. Yeah. I was hoping uh, none of the guys saw it and just hated me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all I was worried about, but it was a good night other than that. Was there, like, any blowback or anything? Like, did anybody say anything to you once you got to Philly or got to the camps and stuff, or did it just kind of go away after that? Not real. Like, I mean, at the development camps where it's just kind of the younger guys there and then, uh, you know, some of the development guys and coaches like that, like, at the start, I, they kind of gave it to me a bit. Like, it was kind of a joke. But um, none of the older guys really said anything to me. So That's I, lot, I got lucky on that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's a def- definitely a, a whole lot worse that could have been said. I mean, like, dude, imagine it was probably, like, the year after. Like, you said it just prior to – like to clearing all those tweets like it's honestly like looking back i can see it being making the night honestly more memorable because like it's like you're never gonna forget that ever not that you'd forget your draft but like that's just something it's like come on man like it's one of those it's one of those stories i don't i feel like i don't have many stories like that that's one of those stories that like is gonna be funny to tell for like oh yeah for sure i don't know if a lot of people know this but your dad was the leafs announcer for a long time and uh, a lot of the fans in Toronto are well aware of who he is and how he, who, like, how he became an icon in the city because of his recognition and association with the Leafs. Um, were you, prior to your, you coming up in hockey, was your family or you treated kind of like as a celebrity because of your relation to your dad? I don't, I'm not going to give him that. I'm not going to say <laughs> I don't know if he deserves celebrity, but uh, no, like, Nothing, nothing crazy. Like he wasn't a huge, you know, he's just an announcer, but, um, it's so much stuff was like, so cool. Like we'd even go to like Tim Hortons at the end of my street and, uh, you know, he'd order something and the person in Tim Hortons would be like, okay, thank you. Like, all right. Sounds good. Andy. Like they just knew his voice. Like he has such, <laughs> yeah. he has such a recognizable, recognizable yeah. voice. You don't need to see his face. You hear it and you're like, okay, that's Andy. So I think that was the one thing people would always just recognize his voice and stuff like that. Well, one last thing. I mean, I don't, I, we're not going to spend too much time on your dad, but he was on the Q107 Psychedelic Sunday. I just want to ask if he had any influence over your musical taste, and uh, if so, who's your favorite artist? Oh man, that's that stuff is my favorite music now. And it, like when I was a kid, I would try and listen to whatever's on the radio, like Black Eyed Peas or you know anything like that, like hip hop stuff. And my dad would just be like, "No, like we're not, like we're not, like, <laughs> not in the mean way," but he'd be like, "No, come on." So then I kind of just like grew up on it and. Um, that's my favorite type of music right now. My, my favorite guy is Tom Petty. It's too bad. He's, uh, not alive anymore, but yeah, rest in peace, man. Music like that is like my favorite thing. So, uh, this year you played your first season of pro hockey, played in the AHL for the Lehigh, uh, Lehigh Valley. And then you had an opportunity, you got called up to the NHL and you scored your first goal. Uh, honestly, it was a pretty disgusting goal. You get the puck in the corner, walk the goal line and you go, short side cheese backhand over Borowski's shoulder uh could you take us through what it was like scoring your first uh nhl goal like what was going through your head after and also just what was your thought process on that goal because it wasn't necessarily like a routine play by any means yeah it was it was actually a weird play i was kind of like hanging out in the zone and um if i remember it correctly uh, connect me like dope to keep it in like yeah. bare, unreal play and i kind of got it and i was standing in the corner alone and uh like there was no no one really near me so i'm like all right i'm gonna attack the net and then i kind of saw he was putting his paddle out and it was just like a last second like in the mind all right i'll try and go short side and uh luckily went in and then after that i don't remember too much you kind of blank out a bit but 
Um, I do remember one thing, you can kind of see it if you watch the video, it's, you know, you don't really know what to do after you score your first goal. I was looking up at the Jumbotron, you know that feeling. <laughs> on, you know that feeling when you're on the ice and you're trying to like, do, you don't know what to do, like you need to move your body. So I just kept looking up and like, I'm looking up. And when I get back to the bench, uh, Konechny's like, um, you're going to see it a lot after. So like, let's go focus on it. Cause I think we were down like three nothing or something. And he's like, you're going to see that clip everywhere after. Just focus on the game. Cause I, kept, <laughs> I wanted to see it, but it was, that was like, uh, it was unreal. Dude, how, how exciting is it to be a part of that organization? Obviously there's a lot of uh, like good young talent there right now. And like, you guys are definitely be a force to be reckoned with uh, in the not so uh, distant future. Definitely. Um, it's a great organization like to start with and then I think you look at it now and there's so much to you know look forward to there's a lot of like a group of young guys that kind of came up with me and um, you know we have a pretty good core there and then obviously the Flyers are already um, you know a, a pretty good team they were in the in first in the division there and um, I think they have some young guys who are just a little older than me I don't want to say young guys but uh, you know like they have some younger guys that are um, playing really well and they're going to be a really good team and um you know i hope i get to be a part of it you started the season in uh, lehigh valley and then you got called up to you got called up to philly what was it uh were there any like noticeable difference going from the ahl to the nhl obviously play style is going to be different and then there's certain things that happen off the ice but like in terms of lifestyle more we want to know what was the difference going from one to the other yeah, I think you like nailed it. You guys probably know a lot of like the ins and outs that are a little different like within the game. But um, I mean, if we're to talk like off the ice, like when you go on a road trip in the AHL, you kind of just play in your division. So you're not driving that far usually. Um, and then in the NHL, you can play anywhere in the league. Uh, so when I was up there, I got to go on a couple uh, plane rides. They, they take the plane most places. So that's a little different than the AHL, like the bus. Um, other than that, like it's the same like kind of concepts. Everyone's doing the same kind of thing uh, right it's pretty obvious like some stuff's a little you know raised up a little bit at the nhl level but um no it was there's not too much difference uh both both teams had a great group of guys and like good facilities great organization good coaches so i have nothing to complain about and just to uh just to kind of add on to philly's point there like from from junior to professional going from those long like nine to 12 hour bus rides from the Sioux. And then next thing you know, you're on a chartered flight to play a show game. Like what was going through your mind? Not what am I doing here? A little bit. I know. Like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird. Like flying to a game. It's something that you never really think you're going to do as a kid. It's kind of more of a dream. And uh, Yeah. It was, it's just like, it's so surreal. That whole year went by so quick and made so many memories. And um, I was pretty proud of the season. So excited for the next one. So in the AHL this season, uh, you're a rookie and you got selected to go to the uh, the All Star Game. What was that like? Getting getting that opportunity, not only in pro hockey but just in your first season. Yeah, it was an honor, I and mean, I think you know a huge thing about the All Star Game is you saw how many like young guys are there, guys that I kind of played up with, guys who were born in 1999, and um, you know it's it's pretty cool to see that many guys being recognized. Uh, from a younger standpoint, like all, a bunch of rookies going there. And that was kind of cool to just share that moment with them rather than it just be like one or two rookies there. Um, right. So that was cool. And it was in Ontario in California. So that was nice. And, <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, it was, it was just really cool. I got to bring one of my buddies from home with me. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we kind of hung out after the 
stuff he did during the day and kind of got to share that experience with him. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. So when you're living, you're living uh, in Philly playing, what's, uh, what's your favorite spot? Like, did, you, did any teammates kind of help you out and be like, hey, these are the things you want to do away from the rank? Uh, and if so, what do you like to do on off days and how do you spend your time? I mean, I, I was bouncing around a lot that year and it was kind of a lot to handle. So I, I didn't really do too much, but um, just some good restaurants. I think, you know, some of the older guys are so good with that. They'll invite you out to dinner and, um, you know, pay for your dinner. It's, it's a really nice thing and it kind of makes you feel welcomed as a rookie and uh, just that kind of stuff. But other than that, I don't really know, like just hanging out with some of the younger guys on the team and, um, I mean, when I was in AHL, I lived with Ratcliffe and Strom, and we were in a house, so that was kind of enough to keep us entertained. For, for <laughs> so it didn't get stuck with any hefty credit card bills, eh, or uh, any uh, bills at dinner? <laughs> no, I actually, uh, so rookie party up in the NHL, I got sent home the second time the day before. So I, oh. saved, I, saved, I saved a bit of money, but um, you know, hopefully I'll be on the team soon. And uh, Yeah, your day is coming. <laughs> It'll be money worth spent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so uh, obviously uh, Robert Thomas, another Aurora boy there, was drafted seven spots ahead of you in the uh, NHL draft. Have you uh, kind of had any banter with him? Has he, has he kind of given you the gears a little bit on that? <laughs> uh, not too much. I don't think he's really like that. He's, uh, he's a really good guy. We're good friends. And, um, you know, he's, he's such a, a special player. And I think he probably should have gone a lot higher than he did in the draft anyway. So um i have i have no room for any chirping there and uh yeah he's a good guy i'm always reminded of everything when i drive into my hometown aurora and it's like, yeah i got off the highway today uh <laughs> coming home from work and it's like every time you come in town of aurora home of robert thomas stanley cup champion yeah so. just reminded of how much he's won he's won everything in his life <laughs> yeah yeah good guy though he, he earned it and he deserves it in the uh in the ohl you won a ton of scoring titles or you won a ton of different titles and stuff. You were named to different all-star teams and whatnot. While you were in the OHL, what kind of pull was that Was that giving you when you were going out or talking to girls and whatnot? Well, especially in the Sioux, I feel like that would just be an absolute gong show. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not too much. Like, at the Dude, I, you're, I went up there for a game. You got your jersey flying off the shelves in the, in the local mall. Like, Good-looking guy. I've seen that get out of here oh uh, no i don't even i don't know what you guys are talking about i'll keep that <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough, enough. Man. But, no not too much like i mean it's just in a small town like that i guess maybe you get recognized a couple times when you're at the mall and stuff like that but i wouldn't say it gives you too much pull just getting out uh, getting apples in junior hockey <laughs> so uh morgan we want to uh thank you for joining us we uh it was great to be able to learn about your experiences playing world junior hockey, growing up through going up through OHL and uh, getting through to the AHL, scoring your first NHL goal this year, being a part of the Flyers organization. We believe you're going to be up there soon, uh, full time, and you'll be you'll be having to give your credit card out at the. Uh, at the <laughs> but uh, we wanted to thank you for taking the time to to come on and join us here, and uh, we wish you the best of luck going forward. Yeah, thanks, boys. That was fun. Thanks for having me. We want to thank uh, Morgan again uh, for coming on and being a guest and joining us, the lads and launchers, for that interview. Um, it was really cool getting to talk with him because, like, Philly and I, we went to school with him kind of, like, obviously 
I, well, I know I personally wasn't like super close to them, but it was pretty cool getting to witness his career progression. And then not, not only that, but to speak with him. Yeah. He's, he's Toronto royalty. Yeah. Toronto royalty with Andy Frost. Aurora is his royalty. Aurora, Aurora royalty. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I thought it was funny to kind of hear his take on, on the tweet. Cause I know that was a, a big thing. Um, after he was drafted, was, was that like controversial, Philly's shit tweet, right? So, yeah, I remember coming out on Barstool and stuff. Like, yeah, seeing yeah. that everywhere. I know, I saw that everywhere too. But man, like, well, I think he was like 12 or 13 when he tweeted that. Like, he was, yeah. like, he was a kid at the time. Like, what the hell? Can't blame him at all. He can't blame him at all. There's a lot of stupid shit that uh, you do when you're a kid, eh? Like, like, so, I, and, <laughs> dude, okay, well, take this in. I, there's, I feel like there's countless things that, that you think are like really sick or good ideas as a kid. And then you look back years later and you're like, wow that was dumb like for example i i was looking through my garage i was helping my dad clean my garage and i came across a boomerang and like why do first of all why do i even own a boomerang i don't think and i've secondly, ever touched a boomerang <laughs> in my life i think my parents like came back from a trip to australia and like gave it to me or something so i remember nice. thinking it was the coolest thing ever as a kid but then i like i took it outside threw it once it didn't come back i'm like wow this is really dumb <laughs> <laughs> so stupid so i i scrapped the boomerang i think i threw it in the trash yeah but there's a whole bunch of other shit. Like, I made a list before the episode, and I can think of some other stuff that w- it was like really cool as a kid, but it's dumb. Build a bear is one of them. Build a bear has so much hype surrounding it. Think about it though. You go and you do the work. Like they they just all provide just raw materials. It's the greatest business model I've ever heard in my life. Okay, guys, like, think about <laughs> the executive sitting around the table. Okay, we're gonna import all these raw materials, and we're gonna have the people come in and build their own things like no need for like a uh, factory no need for production yeah we're gonna okay. have all the rub- and then we're gonna have our customers build our the products themselves and then charge them a premium for it yeah okay it's okay. the most genius thing about so it. think about this think about this we're gonna have custom bears oh okay so they submit orders to us and we build them no 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 no, no. they build them themselves <laughs> oh so so do we do we pay them or charge them less to build the bears <laughs> No, 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 no. We're going to charge them the most we can possibly charge them to build the bears. <laughs> to build their own bear. I do. That's incredible. I understand, like, why, why you're saying that. And the concept is insane. Like, it's incredible how it's smart ridiculous it how people, is, honestly. It, it's, it's a business it's model. But it's genius. I still think that the build bear itself is, like, I don't know what the right word for it is. I guess, like, it's, I, I back the build bear. I, I support had it. one growing up for sure. Yeah, but you, I you support see them in the malls. It's like a, I kind of I kind of like them. I just hate I had to pay ninety bucks for a stuffed bear. Or whatever the price <laughs> yeah, that was. is like, insane. That is it's insane. nuts. But back like, in the day, it wasn't coming out of my pocket. So like, whatever. remember when it used to come in like the little ha- the cardboard house? Yeah, the house. Like, you could you had to, like it. color it in. You could a little sew a little heart inside its chest. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just nuts, man. So some other things I was thinking about too, like not only build a bear is whack, in my opinion, like just the whole structure of that that operation they got going on. But I feel like everybody was like a collector of something at some point in their life. Like they just sit around as kids and be like, oh, well, like today I'm gonna like, collect rocks. Like I know I was a, a a big rock collector. I even near my cottage there's this thing called the Rock Hunters Gem Jamboree. The Rock Hunters Jamboree, and I'd go Whoa. and like scour the yeah, dude. <laughs> I would go and like look at fancy rocks and add to my collection. I was a rock collector. It's uh, part of my life. Just I, I, had to I just I had, had the a tumbler to get them shiny too. Man. No, I polished the shit out of those babies. Are you kidding? 
You cleaned your rocks. <laughs> you That's hilarious. <laughs> That's, did you put them in cases or something? No, no, I didn't go that far. I just had them oh, on like, okay. my window so all lined up. Okay. I think I got one here. I think I got one here. That's left over from the glory days. Look at this bad boy. Wow, <laughs> it's so shiny. McGee is right now showing me on Zoom how shiny his rock is that he had from That's beautiful. When he's a child. So how long did you have to put that thing in the tumbler for to get it that, that perfect? It was, it was probably 10 minutes. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you didn't have to put that much effort. All right, that's no, fair. man, but uh, yeah, I got a few kicking around still. I got a few kicking around. So I guess like as a kid, I collected mostly. See, you're just... shitting on me. You're shitting on me for collecting. Rocks, you were a collector bro. too. Rocks. <laughs> you collected and cleaned rocks. Look it at behind rocks. me. Behind me up here, I have those like little hockey figures. So if you're watching too. on YouTube, you can see up behind me. I have yeah. like little hockey icons. So up here, I've got Chris Chelios, Joe Sakic, Bobby Orr. <laughs> Uh, Jerome McGinley, Don Cherry, and his dog Blue. Um, <laughs> there's, I have a massive, massive one back here of Wayne Gretzky on the LA Kings. I've got like a, one of Wayne Gretzky on every single team he played on in the in the NHL. Like I actually have so many of them. I have the shelf that's right above my head here has only Leafs players on it. Really? Literally, I was. I'm gonna. I'm looking at it right now. Ty Domi, Joe Newendike, uh, Gary Roberts, <laughs> Thomas Gaberle, Matt Sundin, four of Matt Sundin, actually. Oh my god, big Matt Sundin. Um, big Matt Jason Sundin. Allison hopping the boards. <laughs> Dude, see those those things? I love them. They were a little rich for my blood, so I had to settle for the little mugs, the little NHL team mugs that you'd get from like vending machines. Oh arenas. yeah, 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 like the little, the little cups, like the little, the little white cups, the logos yeah. printed on them. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I had I had all thirty <laughs> okay. NHL teams on them. Wow. I collected all 30. And like, That's impressive. obviously it's Good random, job. right? It's random. The yeah. amount of like trial and error I had to do to build up that collection. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, me. You got it. That's impressive I, that you have every what, single uh, I know, man. What? That's probably like $300 in two. <laughs> yeah. Of little mugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> that you can never drink out of. But yeah. You Dude, have uh, all of that. No, never. <laughs> I know. Dude, what are some other things? Marbles, I know, was a big one too. Like a lot of marbles action. Yeah. I was never big into marbles, uh, like collecting them or that was always just like kind of odd to me like just these little i guess it's like your rocks i don't know i still think maybe rocks is like more more no way there's no way rocks are lamer than marbles i think rocks are neat (laughs) yeah okay okay neato (laughs) they're more what's the word um I don't even know it's on it's on the tip of my tongue but i i just can't get there it's like easier to collect than oh, marbles sure. right because you can just find them and then like yeah, yeah. people like you can clean them i guess but, but I guess maybe marbles like, like, like you have to like go out and buy them and like yeah. order them Ma- mastermind stuff. toys like, like you're not just also, finding marbles you can do stuff with marbles though oh yeah okay so listen to this listen to this we're at school in the last couple months before quarantine ends or before coming home from quarantine sorry and we're just desperately looking for things to do. It, at this point, it feels like we've watched every single thing there is to watch on YouTube. Like there is nothing else. And uh, I was watching something on Barstool. And it was like the bar, Barstool betting channel. And this guy, it's like one of my favorite people at Barstool is Marty Mush. He bets on absolutely everything. So I see him one day on like an Instagram story betting on 
these races. And I was like, what are these? I have to look into this. So me, Hans and AJ at this point, we're like the only people left in the house. We started watching marble racing on YouTube. What? There is a series on YouTube. This guy puts out, it's called Marbula one and it's marble. <laughs> That's racing. really creative. That's good. So he has different colored marbles and like, just like formula one, there's teams. So there's two more, or there's like two or three marbles in every team. And then the teams collect points throughout the series. And then he builds all these custom courses, follows them with the camera, has exact pinpointed speeds on like the lap times, the overall course timing and everything, and he <laughs> commentates the entire race. So if you haven't watched it, I highly, highly, highly encourage you <laughs> to go on YouTube and search up Marbula One. It's Dude, insane. I didn't even know this existed. It is, Mickey, it's actually insane. And the first one you're going to watch and be like, this is kind of weird because like why I'm, okay, so it's Marbula 1 and Marbula E. Those are the two that you have to watch. Um, What's the difference between those two? No, no, no. It's the same guy. There's just oh, different okay, series. Okay. They're different series of races. What is it like electric marble? What's the E stand for? Uh, I don't know what the E stands for, actually. It's just Marbula E, and I never okay, questioned right. it. <laughs> don't all question right. the guy. Yeah. Me. Do yeah, not. He's a genius. <laughs> These courses that he creates are insane. They, there's points where, like, the, Marbula, uh, the marble is going... <laughs> <laughs> the marble's going through, like, a tunnel, and there's, like, tunnel cams and stuff. Like, I'm not... It's Shut insane. Up. I'm serious. I'm serious. This, there's parts where it goes over, like, this, sand and stuff. It's insane. Is this a full-time job? It's got to be if he's, he's putting that much time into marble racing. He's making so much money off of it, seriously. <laughs> but the best is, like, don't watch them ahead of time, or do if you're a scumbag, but don't watch them ahead of time. Sit down with your buddies and watch the marble. Oh my God, I keep saying marble. Watch the marble races and bet on the marbles. Like, pick one marble, and that's your marble, and you just roll with it. All right, yeah, that, it's actually that's it's so that's entertaining. Good, that would be such a good quarantine game too, because like, get some e transfer fired up, and also like you'd watch it online. Yeah, on a Zoom call. Yeah, live reactions. I think that'd be such a fun activity for the whole family. Dude. You just you just gotta home. hope that somebody in there isn't like scumming ahead and watching. Yeah, like, that would be the only thing. The and I feel like every friend group out. has one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be that one. Like I already know Ang skipping ahead and watching the end just to see. I swear, I just is. had I just had a feeling. I just had no. I'm just good at picking marbles. Trust me. <laughs> no, no. You looked at the end and wrote down the results. <laughs> but yeah, it's marble racing has was so entertaining before we left school it was insane it you know was what so else much fun. Is, you know what else is entertaining philly what's that our oldest segment ever we haven't done a this or that between us just us in a while yeah we've had, we've done it with the guests we've done it with the guests we've done it with the guests and we've had a blast doing them with the guests but i haven't done one just with you philly so i think we should get into our listeners arguably our listeners favorite segment a little bit of this and that. 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 This is a dog. That is a cat. This is a dog. That is a cat. Alrighty, we are super excited to bring you the first personal just just us philly it's just us yeah, here. just us 
This is our first this or that segment, man. <laughs> get to know us so, a little better here. You guys know the rules. Yeah, exactly. Get to know get to know who we are as people. Get to know our character. <laughs> uh, but we're super excited to get our very first this or that segment in the uh, yeah in the new, new, new decade, I guess. So, yeah. so I got the first one here. I got the first question for you here, Philly. Would you rather lose the ability to lie, or believe everything you're told? Uh, oh God. Okay, I think I'd rather lose the ability to lie because. Ima- like imagine you you would literally be the most gullible person on earth and it would just suck i'd rather not be able to lie and just either have to always tell the truth or just bite my tongue and not say anything than like have somebody be like hey look your name is spelled written on the ceiling and you're like oh where <laughs> no, not even that it's like hey man um you're gonna have to grab me a beer from the fridge or else the world's gonna end Oh no! Okay, I'll you get you, here. Yeah, yeah. Like you could literally do it for anything. Anything. Like suck. That would suck so much. I would have to lose the ability to lie. And so, the scary thing is, is I already know people like kind of who are a little bit, like not to that extent. But there, I know some pretty gullible, like people. extremely gullible, extremely gullible people. But like nothing to that extent. But but that would be horrible. Yeah. You'd just be like mercilessly picked on. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You'd be such a target. Yeah. Like, imagine, just think about, you know, classic, like the classic joke, like, oh, you got something on your shirt, you put your finger on their chest. And then yeah, every bang. time, every time. <laughs> I would stand in front of that person for 15 minutes straight and just do it over and over again. And they'd just never learn them in the face. <laughs> every single time. Dude, like, yeah, those ones I used to say in elementary school are so funny. Like, oh, if your hand's bigger than your face, you have cancer. And then, like, put it over that, your face. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was one of them. And then it's, have you done the, uh, oh, close your eyes. Uh, you're the smartest person in the world if you can, like, do this with your hands and, like, wave them in, like, semicircles. Can, but you have yeah. to do in between my hands with your eyes closed. And you would walk away and be, they'll be standing there with arms <laughs> around like an idiot. Stupid idiot. But yeah, you can you can do that, man. I'd have to I'd have to lose my ability to lie. I'd just be honest, Abe. Yeah. Okay. Next one here. Um, this one is funny more so because of just the concept of how it's written, and all I can think about is Anger Man. So, would you rather have a Lamborghini in your garage or a bookcase with nine thousand books and infinite knowledge? And I don't know. 9,000, like only 9,000. I don't know why this is so funny to me. I think it's just because of how oddly specific it is. Like, not even like a luxury car. Leather bound book. Yeah, it's like a Lamborghini <laughs> or 9,000 books. <laughs> like, I, why can't I have 10,000 books? Like, yeah, but the thing is, like, some of those 9,000 books could be worth. Here, I'll take the 9,000 books with infinite knowledge. Here's my thought process behind that. Okay. Nine thousand books. Odds are, out of the nine thousand, you're gonna have some pretty uh, valuable literary works there. I think you can have some pretty valuable literature on your hands. So you may not need to feel the need to keep all nine thousand books. You can. So sell, you're gonna sell. You can sell them. I'm gonna sell the books and buy. Hopefully, like yeah, but still have infinite knowledge. Nice. That's that's my game plan. Wait, that's but, my course wait. of action. If you sell the books, do you lose that part of the knowledge? Hold, wait, no, no, you because it's you. Infinite knowledge is a separate thing there. Because think about it, I just have my trusty calculator in front of me, and if each of those books were thirty dollars, which yeah. isn't a lot of money, like that's kind of standard as far as books go. 
Yeah. It's 270 grand. <laughs> nice. Okay, but so, then like, you're going to have to sell that. all your books. Yeah, at thirty dollars though, assuming they're all like averaged out at thirty bucks, it's, it'll probably be more valuable than that. Because if you're having, if you have like a like a very um, like nice library, I'm assuming it's got like the standing ladder that you can like shift across, you know? Okay, okay, yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? There's like yeah, really yeah, intense yeah. libraries. Yeah. Because it's a pretty like, spiral staircase somewhere in the middle of it too. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm thinking those books have got to be worth more than thirty bucks. I'd buy the Lambo Infinite Knowledge and have both. I would be living the dream. Okay, I think that I'm gonna go. <laughs> I think I'm going with the nine thousand. Give me that Lambo, baby. <laughs> I think I'm going with the. Actually, no, no, forget it. I'm just going with the Lambo because I think my interpretation of it is that you have to read the books to have the knowledge, and I don't know if I'm getting oh, through nine thousand okay. books. That's a lot of books. There's a lot of reading. Who knows how long the books are either? Like, do they have pictures in them? <laughs> right, right. Like nobody clarified how long the books are. They could be like millions of pages long. Obviously, that's <laughs> you know what I mean. Like if you're gonna have yeah. infinite knowledge, that yeah, could be yeah, a yeah. lot of reading. So I'm just saying, screw it. I'm taking the Lambo. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not doing sure. that much work. <laughs> okay, final one, McGee. And this one we're kind of <laughs> taking with us, it's similar to the Lamborghini and nine thousand books one. It is so funny how this how this one is phrased. Okay, <laughs> would you rather die alone or take everyone with you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> either you die, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or when you die. The world ends. Everyone dies. <laughs> what kind of sociopath do you have to be to be like, it's my time. I'm just taking y'all with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm die alone 100%. But we had to ask that question because it is so funny. It's so good. Don't be selfish. Like, <laughs> please accept your fate. Accept your fate. You know what, Philly? I'm, gonna, I'm going out in a blaze of glory, man. I'm Bringing everyone with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's my time, it's our time. <laughs> one for all and all for one. <laughs> it's the ultimate <laughs> mentality. Yeah, like, who the hell is this guy bringing, bringing us with him? It's oh, just, it's Rudy. Rudy. If Rudy doesn't play, I don't play, coach. I just want to if Ryan want, dies, I die, coach. Yeah, I just want all of humanity just to follow behind just an epic scene of me like ending everything just walking walking to my inevitable death <laughs> and just having the human race followed behind me in solidarity it's like the most epic walk away slow-mo scene in, in cinematic history you're yeah. walking towards the light and they just pan out and so is the entire world <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i think that'd be so epic i couldn't pass up that opportunity Oh, fair enough. I'm going going die alone, man. I can't. I can't bring everyone with me. Oh my god! Too aggressive. Uh, yeah, we're all going down. (laughs) Well, I think that just about concludes our our first this this or that segment. (laughs) That was a good one, Philly. That was a good one. Great one. We had some unreal questions. Maybe they were foolish just to us. I really don't know. Hopefully everyone else enjoys them as much as we did. But that was great. <laughs> the great this or that segment. Okay, so final segment before we wrap the sh- wrap up the show here. Uh, third lad of the week. 
This one was uh, this one actually was submitted the other day, and it's kind of convenient that today's the day we're recording this because uh, a couple days ago, friend of the show uh, Alex Ray messaged in, submitted a nomination that the lad of the week should be the one and only Chris Ray. And for those who don't know, Chris Ray is my boss, um, employs me, gets me to work hard every day, um, and today is his birthday as well. So happy birthday, Chris. I think it just makes sense, you know. Good guy, hard worker, gives gives me a job, somewhere to go and something to do every day. So he was nominated, and today's also his birthday. It just seems fit. It just seems fit. So third if he wasn't if he wasn't lot of the week, you would have got just gotten canned. We know it. (laughs) So third ever lot of the week, my boss, Chris Ray. Cheers. Cheers, Chris Ray. So McGee, that just about ends uh, episode thirty-five. The double Dion. Yeah. The double Dion. Uh, it came. It it sh- it sh- shone. Sean. It sh- shined brightly. Let's just. It shined brightly. Um, we really appreciated um, Michael McNiven and Morgan Frost joining us. Two amazing guests. Yep. We said big things coming, but just wait. If you've if you've listened this far. Yeah. If you've listened this far into the episode, our next two guests. If you were wearing socks, they're gonna be off. Yeah, honestly, they, they, they blew my mind. I had I, we recorded one of the uh, we recorded one of the interviews with our, our one of the guests in the next two weeks, and I couldn't get the smile off my face, man. I yeah. told Philly it was probably the coolest moment of my life. It was and so cool, honestly. It was Both really of us cool. Running ear to ear, like we couldn't we couldn't stop. Like even when yeah, the guests so, left the interview, we were like, oh my god, that just happened. Yeah, so like, we can't wait to release that content to you. We're thrilled. I'm having a hard time keeping my big mouth shut. <laughs> and big things are coming. Yep, as always. Huge things are coming, as always. Um, but yeah, that just about does it for episode 35. We had a blast. Thanks again to our guests. And uh, stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss the next few episodes. Catch the same time, same place, same launch. Thanks, lads and ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.